Yes, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. You uh, promised us whenever we gather, you'd be there with us, and you're here this morning, and we just lift you up and give glory and honor and praise to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, uh, to come before you and worship this morning. Love you, we thank you, give you glory. Thank you, guys. Beautiful as always. Hey, good morning. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, CBC and friends beyond. If you are uh, not part of our normal local congregation but are joining us uh, remotely, I just want to thank you. I've noticed that there are some folks that have been uh, watching us from uh, points afar, and we are blessed that you would take the time to, to be with us and join us for worship and for for a message. So uh, really, just thanks so much for being here. I've got a few announcements before we get into the message today. Uh, first thing I wanted to say to our congregation is that uh, we are in negotiations, our talks at least, with Christ the King to be able to reaccess uh, our facility and me. Uh, I don't have a timeline for that as of yet or anything definitive, but I wanted you to know that we are working on it. And um, so, so stay tuned on that. Stay, stay uh, connected. Uh, I, I will contact you through email, through my weekly newsletter, and also uh, this, this uh, platform on Sundays to let you know what's happening there. But we're working on the possibility uh, of following protocols, following social distancing, wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera, but being able to actually gather for worship. So that would be great. I would also just welcome you all to pray with us in that process. This has been, I think, a very challenging time for all of us, so pray with us for that. Uh, that God would give us wisdom and direction and help us figure out exactly uh, when and how to, to gather uh, effectively and safely, but we really do want to be together. And on that note, I wanted to mention, we are gathering in smaller groups. So some of our home groups are meeting and you might check our website and or talk with uh, one of our leadership folk uh, regarding the locations of those. They're, they're meeting outdoors and doing some different things, so that's good. Our Tuesday morning prayer group is meeting. Uh, the time and location have changed. We are currently meeting up at the church office at 7 a.m., 7 to 8 every Tuesday morning. Uh, if you're up and out and you want to join us for prayer, we would love to have you. And then the last thing I'll just say is that yesterday we had our first men's breakfast in several months, and what a joy. It was just a blessing to be together. Again, we met outdoors at a home, and uh, it was great to see the guys and, and hang out and, and have some good food together. So we are starting to gather in smaller groups, and that's encouraging, but pray with us in regard to corporate worship. Two final things before we get into it. One is that our school supply drive, our annual school supply drive is going on. Our goal this year is to provide uh, school supplies for 40 kids that uh, don't have the, the resource to be able to, to buy school supplies. Uh, we understand the school is a question mark right now, whether kids will be home or at school or some combination thereof. But regardless of where they're at, they need pens and papers and stuff like that. So you can, if you're out shopping at Target or Fred Meyer and you want to pick up, you see a sale, you want to pick some stuff up, you can do that. Drop it off at the church office on Thursdays or contact MSJ McConnell directly and make arrangements for her to meet with you somewhere and take care of that. Uh, or if you would prefer, if it's easier for you just to write a check or give financially to that, you can do that by all the normal means uh, that you normally give in our offering. Just write school supplies or whatever on the, on the check and denote that as such, and we will take care of it for you. 
But the distribution date is August 27th, so we've got a couple weeks still to go on that, but we want to get those things in as soon as possible. Last and most exciting announcement I want to make today is that uh, No More Separation, the first single from our worship team at Cascade Vineyard, is going to be released this coming Friday the 14th. So, I'm just so uh, proud. Our guys, our team for that. So thank you. Uh, that's going to be on iTunes. Uh, if you want to support them, you can buy it on iTunes. If uh, you want to use Spotify or some other means. Gosh, dang it. Here we are live. Uh, you can do that too. Proud of those guys. So hey, uh, this morning we are going to, I, I've been, sorry, I'm going to go over here for a minute. Technical problems. All right, there we go. Uh, we've been talking about hope the last few weeks. And I want to continue in that. I actually want to continue uh, sort of a continuation of last week's message in Jeremiah 29. If you remember, we looked at Jeremiah 29 and then sort of cross-referenced that with Lamentations, which was also written by Jeremiah. And there really is sort of a uh, an interesting dynamic between the two. Jeremiah is, is a long book, a very long book, and it has a lot of ups and downs and ups and downs. And and, uh, and but there, it's hopeful. There's a, there's a lot of hope infused into it. Lamentations is less so. Lamentations is really uh, the sincere, honest cry of a person's heart in, in terms of some of the challenges and difficulties of life. And so we sort of juxtapose those two things, look at them together, uh, because that's really very much what life is like. It's kind of where we're at uh, right now. So I want to continue in Jeremiah 29 today, just to follow up. You recall last week. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, the, the children of Israel, have been taken into exile. Uh, they've been, you know, taken into captivity and removed from their homeland. And there, when they're away from home in this difficult situation, God speaks to them through Jeremiah. And he says to them, settle in, build homes, plant gardens, get married, have kids. In, in, a, in, in essence, even though life is hard right now and things aren't what you want to be, live your life. And I think, again, that's a word for us today. In the midst of exile, the Israelites were told to live life. And in the midst of quarantine, we're reminded that we need to live life as well. I want to encourage everyone this morning to resist the temptation to shut down. Resist the temptation to succumb to fear or anything else that might overwhelm you. And live your life. Live your life. And, and so with that, I want to continue in Jeremiah 29 today. Uh, we looked last week at verses 1 through 10, which some of you might have been a little disappointed because we stopped short of Jeremiah 29, 11, which is probably one of the more well-known verses in all of Scripture. Uh, but we're going to look at that this morning. But our title today is God is good even when everything else isn't. Okay, um, so let's uh, let's just take one more quick word of prayer and then we'll read Jeremiah 29, 11 together. Father, we thank you for your word. Ask that you would enlighten the eyes of our hearts today and just uh, open your word that it might really uh, give us hope and life and encouragement in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. You'll be familiar with this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Uh, again, a very well-known verse, and you'll hear that verse often quoted at times of celebration in life, and sometimes at, at kind of landmark events. Sometimes you hear it at a graduation, a person in high school or college graduation, you might hear that verse, or maybe at the dedication of a of a facility or a building or a new company or something. There's sort of those landmark events in the course of life. And you'll hear this verse, you know, I know the plans I have for you, says God. Um, inferred in that and sort of underneath that is, is sometimes the notion that uh, everything is just awesome. Everything is awesome. Uh, so, some of you that have kids, if you have small children, you might remember a few years ago the Lego movie. Lego movie came out and the one of the theme songs in the Lego movie was everything is awesome and one of the verses goes a little bit like this it says blue skies bouncy springs we just named a few awesome things a Nobel Prize a piece of string you know what's awesome everything dogs with fleas not awesome sorry allergies also not awesome uh, brand new pants, a very old vest. Awesome items are the best. Trees, frogs, clogs, they're awesome. Rocks, clocks, and socks, they're awesome. Figs and jigs and twigs, that's awesome. Everything you see or think or say is awesome. Uh, the, the, that's the, the good life. It's all good. Everything is good. Um, again, 2911, the verse is often quoted. Uh, it's used in the context of sort of the prosperity doctrine or, you know, kind of a health and wealth theology sometimes. Uh, and, and, and sometimes that's sort of equated. You, you'll hear it presented this way as the favor of God. The favor of God is on you. And you, you hear that in those contexts really for everything. You might, you win the lottery and there's a $2 million jackpot. Oh, that's the favor of God. Or you get a good parking spot at Costco. Oh, it's the favor of God. Well, those two things are different, but it's all the favor of God. Um, we have a saying uh, here at CVC that we like. And, and that is that God is good all the time. God is good all the time. And you'll notice that there's a very distinct difference between those two things. Not everything is good, but God is good even when other things are not good. It, there, there's, a, there's a radical difference between those two things. Uh, and, and I want to say this. Everything is not awesome. Okay? I'm sorry, Legos. Everything is not awesome. Sometimes life is really hard. Okay? Let's be honest. Sometimes... The health and wealth prosperity doctrine can leave you feeling a little bit like, what about me? Uh, what about when you get a diagnosis uh, that's, that's pretty devastating from your doctor? What about that? Where's the favor of God? What about when you get laid off from your job and two days later the transmission goes out in your car and your mechanic says that's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars? What about that? Where's God's favor in the midst of those things? We go, well, so... Is God's favor off of me now? It was on, now it's off. How does that work? Uh, have I somehow, suddenly, I'm not doing anything different than I was before, but have I fallen from grace? Did God lift his favor off? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and, and a future. Uh, I'm going to say definitively this morning that... Difficult circumstances, um, tragedy, illness, loss, those are not God's plan. 
Those are not God's plan for you, and yet they are a part of our lives. Those things happen to us. There was a popular devotional book that came out a few years ago by a very well-known devotional author who will remain nameless this morning. Uh, And in that book, uh, one of the chapters was this verse. And and the, the daily devotion connected this verse said underneath it, God has your life perfectly planned, every detail. Well, uh, there, there's some issues with that. Uh, God does have a plan for our life, but th- there are some conflicting things happening in the world that we live in. First of all, we have an enemy, uh, and the enemy has friends, and they have a plan as well. They're free agents. They're working on their own against the plan of God in your life. And then another huge factor in this is that each one of us has been given free will we have the ability and opportunity to walk out God's plan in our life, but sometimes we don't do that. Uh, and sometimes it's even challenging to discern what is God's plan in this situation. So it's life is complex, and at any given juncture, things could go sideways, and we won't necessarily be living out the plan that God has for us. Context uh, in Scripture is always important. Uh, so Jeremiah was written, this, this verse, this passage, to a specific people at a specific time, they were a people in crisis, okay? Um, This was, uh, Jeremiah was written 600 years-ish, roughly, before the arrival of Jesus. People of Israel um, had been taken captive uh, to Babylon. There were numerous prophetic voices speaking at the time. Uh, Paul talks in the New Testament about prophets tickling your ears and there were some prophetic voices who were prophesying good things you know and it's kind of really what the people wanted to hear and and let's be honest i think there's always a mixture that's true today sometimes today we hear prophetic voices just saying what people want to hear and everybody claps and goes yay yay but sometimes true prophetic voices have a hard word and and jeremiah came with a with a a, a bit of a hard word for israel uh it was he was uncompromising in terms of his desire to present, uh, you know, a definite, direct walk with God, regardless. He talked to the people of Israel about turning from evil. Uh, he talked about judgment. He talked about destruction. There were two factors, two dynamics pushing uh, into the words that Jeremiah brought. The first was political. He spoke into the political environment of the moment. And we have to understand our faith is worked out in context. Our faith is worked out in the context of what's happening in the world around us right now. And the prophetic voice spoke into that. Uh, there was something happening. Israel had been taken captive by Babylon. Babylon was some 400 miles east of Israel. They had become a powerful empire. They had, they had overthrown the Israelites, removed them from their country, and taken them in, into slavery and exile. So that's what was happening in their lives in that day at that time. And that was part of what Jeremiah was speaking into. The other dynamic was spiritual. They had been warned about this. Uh, so Jeremiah 29, we read, you go back in time to Jeremiah 18. And this is so important. Jeremiah says this. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah, this is God speaking through to Jeremiah, those living in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. I, have, I know the plans I have for you, hope in the future. Earlier, I'm devising a plan against you 
God speaking. So turn from your evil ways, each of you. Reform your ways and your actions. But, and here's the key, they will reply, oh, it's, it's no use. We'll continue with our plans. We'll do whatever we want to do. We will follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Now, I don't know that they necessarily said that verbally, but that was the reality of their action as Jeremiah warned them about what was coming, and then we see what happens. Their hearts were not in the right place. God says, I'm planning a disaster. The disaster came in the form of exile and captivity, and yet even now, in the midst of that crisis, in the midst of a hard time, God comes to them with the promise of hope. So, while their circumstances seemed hopeless, God is saying to them this, there's always hope. There's always hope. You've you've never gone so far away. No matter how far you get from God, you you haven't outrun his hope. There's still the potential for God to reach you even at that point. Right now, he's telling the Israelites, in this situation, there's hope. And I believe he's telling us right now, uh, God is at work. God is at work. And, and he, he hasn't stopped working. I, I said last week, the church hasn't stopped being the church. And I'll say today, God hasn't stopped being God. Uh, Jeremiah, back to 29, 12 through 14, immediately following verse 11, God says this, Then, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And we'll bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place from which I've carried you into exile. God says, even though you've messed up, even though you've missed the mark, even though you didn't obey me, I still have the ability to bring you back to a place of hope and a place of life and a place of freedom. Even in exile, you still can find me. So I... uh, I want to apply this a little bit to our situation today. I think there are some parallels, maybe not exactly, but certainly some, uh, some you know, parallels. Uh, and begin with the word plans. We make plans. Right now, maybe not so much. But typically, we make plans, right? You're gonna, you, the weekend's coming. You say, well, I'm going to take the kids Saturday, and we're going to go to the zoo. That's a plan. I have a plan to do something this weekend. We have plans. Um, and those plans, that's our intention. That's, that's what we're thinking about doing. And, and honestly... The, the word, uh, the Hebrew word here for plans is very often in Scripture translated thoughts. In the book of Isaiah, that same Hebrew word is translated thoughts. So it could just as easily read, I know the thoughts I have for you. God has something in mind for us. Uh, and again, now, as we said, life, spiritual life is, is a complex reality. We, we understand this. Babylon has a plan for the Israelites. Babylon's plan is that they'll be displaced, that they'll be homeless, and that they'll be captive. God also has a plan. God's plan is different. His thoughts are different. His hope, his direction for for Israel is very different than that. Point being, there's a a conflict. There's a battle, and the struggle is real. And and here's the truth. this, This is just the way it works. Life is hard. And regardless of what our little Lego friends say, everything is not awesome all the time. Everything is not awesome. And it's not going to all be awesome all the time. Over the course of life, individually and corporately, we will face different challenging circumstances at different times. Um, But here's the reality. 
and this is really the point today, is that God is still with us even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. Even when everything is not awesome, God is still awesome, and God is with us. He promised he would be with us, and he's not left us, he's not forsaken us, he, he's not abandoned his people, he's with us. Even in the most challenging circumstances, the most difficult times, God can still reach out and heal. God can still touch us. God can reach into the darkest, the loneliest, the most seemingly hopeless situation and cause hope to rise up in our heart again. So truth be told, sometimes life sucks. But God really is good all the time. God really is good even in the midst of our deepest challenges. So what I want to do today, here's the thing. My, my sense is that maybe some of you are feeling worn out right now. Uh, maybe you're tired. Maybe you're afraid. Uh, maybe you're uncertain, uh, which I think we're all a little bit uncertain. What's tomorrow going to bring? I mean, it's, you know, uh, maybe you're confused by all of this and you don't know what to think. And you see different dynamics happening and different people saying different things. Uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. I, I read a great book. This was a little short book. Uh, called God and the Pandemic by N.T. Wright. Uh, I really, really recommend it. You can read it in a couple hours. It's brand, just came out this week. Very, very helpful just to sort through things and gain perspective. God and the Pandemic by N.T. Wright. But if you're confused, if you're afraid, if you're uncertain, if you're tired, if you're worn out, um, I just want to pray for you this morning. I just want to pray that God would make himself known to you, that he would be evident to you. Um, that he would be real and be close, and that he would touch you where you're at today. So let's just let's just uh, take a moment and close in prayer this morning. And I I, I want to pray for you. And if you're listening, watching, whatever, just uh, bow your head and and if you want to put your hands up, you can and just receive, just receive from the Lord this morning. Uh, God isn't limited by time and space. He works. I think he can work through the computer. Um, Lord, we we look to you. You are the uh, the God of compassion and the God of all comfort, the God of all comfort. And in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, it says that you can comfort us with the comfort of God, even in the darkest places, all of our troubles. It doesn't say some, it says all of our troubles. And in that, we might be able to bring comfort to one another. And I, I just want to hopefully be a, a vessel, a vehicle of your comfort this morning and, and bring uh, comfort and ease and assurance into the hearts and lives of people today who might uh, be feeling a little worn out. If, if those are some are tired and worn, Lord, I pray for energy and renewal, uh, for rest. I pray for those that are anxious, uh, that you would bring peace. I pray that for those that are confused, that you would bring clarity. If anyone's afraid, Lord God, I pray again that you would bring just peace and uh, a sense of knowing that God is with us in the midst of everything. We just thank you for today. Thank you for this time. Uh, pray that you would continue to be with us in the days ahead. Um, in your name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so, so much, and have a really good week. See you soon.